This is your host, Vernon Terrell, with Grace Ministries International, and it's time for Walking Free. And welcome back. This is Vernon, and I'm joined by Kyle Jenkins. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, Vernon. And we are going to talk about something that um, some folks, I think, understand, but there there seems to be some confusion, uh, and especially among those who might not have heard or understood the grace message. And the question is, is God pleased with me? Does, I mean, is he actually, literally pleased with me? And it's not just how we see God that's important. In fact, that really, honestly, plays into a lot of things. Uh, But how does God see me? And uh, and is he actually pleased with me? And Kyle, let me just kick it off and ask you that question: Is God really pleased with with me? He is very pleased with Vernon. Yes, mm. very pleased. How, why do you say that? Oh. So many, so many of the verses in the Bible, um, and I was just listening to a, a message from a guy, Malcolm Smith, of you know we we are fearfully and wonder wonderfully made. God, God is even in awe of His masterpieces, and that you know, when I was listening to it, it just hit me on a new level, different type of level of just like wow, uh, God not only delights in us, pleased with us, he's excited about us, thrilled about us. Um, he, God even has an emotional emotions about us. And so it's not just, well, God, you know, God has to love me. It's his nature. Right. Or, you know, Mm. and kind of looking to Jesus and it's like, well, I guess I will, you know, the father and, you know, I guess I got to, it's like, well, no, no, he, his name, he, he, who he is, is love and delighted and pleased in us um, and ne- needing that deep revelation of that. Um, so important. Uh, like you were saying, right. how it affects so many areas of our life. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about this, uh, this question uh, and you said it beautifully that God, yes, God, God loves the world. God loves the world. That's why he gave his his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's the gospel. The the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that offers forgiveness and life to all those who believe. And it's offered to the world because God loves the world. But there's something especially pleasing to those, uh, pleasing to God, uh, of those who are believers, those who are in Christ. And, you know, it's the obvious question is going to come up, and we may be wrapping around, going back and forth on this, but 
Is God pleased with me all the time? Or is he Mm. pleased with me just kind of some of the time? What are your thoughts on that? Mm. That was one I struggled with most of my Christian life. I struggled with that. And, you know, I would would see that Hebrews 11, 16, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And I'd always read that that verse as meaning, then that means it's only when I'm doing good or trusting him that, that that's when he's pleased with me. It's when I'm trusting. When I'm not trusting, not so pleased. But that's not that context there of Hebrews 11. It's saying, you know, anybody that's put their faith in Jesus, God is pleased with. Uh, mm. We go back to the Gospels, uh, Matthew three uh, three seventeen. Um, you know, you got Jesus uh, getting baptized, comes up out of the water. God, God tears open the clouds and says, "This is my Son, in whom I'm well pleased." Now, according to the New Testament, we're in Christ; He is in us. We are fused together. We are one spirit with the Lord. So, therefore, we are pleasing to God, just as the Son is pleasing to the Father. Uh, John 14, 20, I, on that day you'll know that I am in the Father and that I'm, I'm in you. The Father is in me. This triune, we're wrapped up. I think of it like a sailor uh, a sailor rope. You got these three bands and we're the little bitty band shooting straight up through the middle, completely mm. infused, completely surrounded um, and dwelt. And so uh, always pleasing to him. Not always pleased with our behavior, that's the different, that's the, that's the other, you know, that's the different issue is the behavior, but us and who we are, uh, he is pleased. Well, you know, some folks, um, they think, well, when I'm, you know, walking, uh, in the flesh and after the flesh, uh, that, um, well, then God's not pleased and they'll, and they'll quote, um, Romans 8, which um, is, uh, I love Romans 8. It's a great passage. I love how it starts that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. None. Uh, No judgment, no condemnation for everyone who is in Christ. Well, all right, well, that begs a question. How do you get in Christ? Well, it's only by faith. We move from this life or this death in Adam to life in Christ uh, through the transaction is simply one of faith. But they'll go down in Romans 8 and they'll kind of hijack this verse um, that says in verse 8, Uh, of chapter 8, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And they say, oh, you know, I I, I don't walk perfectly, and sometimes I kind of give in, and it's temptation, and I walk, you know, in the flesh, and those are the words they use. And that's not what this is talking about. Um, Paul, and often you'll find this uh, in the New Testament uh, epistles and letters, you'll find this 
um, often this black and white, this this dichotomy, this you're in Christ or you're in Adam. You are uh, you are a saint or you're a sinner. And, and you'll see that they don't. There's sometimes in these letters, there's not a lot of gray area. It's not really talking about the gray. It's assuming, well, if you're in Christ, this is how you behave. You're in not in Christ. This is how you behave. And I think that's what's going on here. In fact, when you read this, if we read Romans um, 8, verse 1, if it's true, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is, there is nothing to condemn. When we're not pleased with somebody, that means, well, we have something against them. They're, they're, we're, not, we're not pleased or something against them. Well, God's got nothing against you. He is always pleased because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He says the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. You're free from the law of sin and death. And he goes on talking about what the law couldn't do, weak as it was through the flesh. God did. God did what the law never could do. And so we're getting this whole context, this setup in Romans 8 that said that, so that in verse 4, the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Well, the requirement is perfection. It's 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 complete obligation and fulfillment. And uh, this, as Paul tells us in verse 4, it's been done in us. How? Well, we don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are, uh, who are according to the flesh, well, they set their minds on things of the flesh. Those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And we think, and, and we, we put ourselves in this, but we don't belong in this passage. The mindset on the flesh is death. The mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. Is there application? Yes, but is this really written for us as believers? No, it's saying the mind set on flesh is hostile toward God. And it says those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And he says this big however. He says, however, believers, I insert that there for your context. (laughs) You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he doesn't belong to him. And so, and he says, so if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. And so you've got this dichotomy. This is talking about believers and unbelievers. And this is how believers behave. This is how unbelievers behave. And yes, we often uh, as believers can be deceived and walk after the flesh. But folks, you're not in the flesh. And everything you do after the flesh, another word for that, it's called sin. What happened to all your sin? That's right, Jesus took care of it on the cross. So guess what? Because of the cross, God is always pleased. You are pleasing. You had some other, uh, uh, there's some other verses I call them the smelly verses. Um, what uh, 
verses did the Lord uh, bring to your mind on this subject? Um, on the sweet aroma. Yeah. Uh, I think of the Hebrews 10, 14, uh, yeah, by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Mm. So we're already made perfect. Uh, are, and not perfectly behaved. If we're in a place of growing, that's that's getting better. You know, we're we're, we're learning to sin less, but we're we're not. Uh, how did somebody put it? It's like the more we know who my, the more we know who we are in Christ, we will. You know, we're not going to be sinless, but we will sin less. Yeah, I and like I the more we, <laughs> the more we know. Um, the more we know our sinless, righteous new identity, mm. the more we will sin less uh, in this life. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But it said something, you know, that he's perfected. What else? Read that verse again. Let's see. Hebrews. He has, perf- uh, by one offering, he has perfected for all time uh, the, those who are sanctified. Mm. Wow. And that's that's you and me. That's believers. Yeah. That's believers. Mm. Um I love um uh I love some of these I I do call them the um these smelly verses cuz it talks about this fragrant aroma in 2 Corinthians 2:14. He says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph and victory. He, you know, he's always leading. First of all, he's always leading us. He said, I'm waiting for the leading. Guess what? He's always leading. And number two, <laughs> he's always leading you how? In triumph and victory in Christ. It's when we're deceived and, and go after what we think is uh, another way. It's when we kind of trip up and but he's always leading us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us. And that's where we talk about Jesus expressing his life through us. He manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. And that uh, is an incredible thing that as we're believers, we smell good. We really mm. smell good. People are like, wow, what is that? Oh, yeah, well, Kyle's in the room. Oh, I thought I, I wow, that's a that's a sweet. Now, when Kyle works out, that's another story. Give him a little room. He'll take a shower. <laughs> um, however, generally speaking, um, there, there's that sweet um, aroma. There's this aroma of life. This aroma, because he is life, it's the aroma of the knowledge of him. Um, mm. And uh, he said, um, when we walk in love, um, that that's like a, 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 um, a sacrifice of, uh, that is a sweet, fragrant aroma to God, Ephesians 5, 2. He says, walk in love. And basically, that's simply walking out what is in us. It's that expressing of the life of Christ through us 
out toward others, walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Um, I believe, as you said, Kyle, that God is always pleased. Uh, he's always pleased. And in fact, something you said um, um, about um, and the idea when Jesus was baptized, what were you thinking on, and, and tying that together? Oh, yeah, the, you know, God saying, well, this is my son. This is what pleases me right here, my son, Jesus Christ. And so since we're in Jesus and Christ is in us, uh, you got the New Testament passage. Uh, you know, it's been by God's doing that you are in Christ Jesus, by God's doing. He did it. We just simply said yes to Jesus that one day. Whenever day it was for people to say, okay, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. At that moment, we're placed into Christ, Christ in us, Christ in you. Mm. Um, and so we, we get all the benefits of Jesus with, no having to, with not having to work for it. So everything true about Christ becomes true about us. Not saying that we're, you know, the savior of the world. And yet all of the benefits that God has for the son we get those. That's Paul why we are, and we have an inheritance hmm. in him. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. We, and yeah. there's another verse that goes along with what you were saying, John 8, 29. Um, and Jesus is talking and Jesus says, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And guess what? Who lives in you? And who are you in? We are in Christ. And in Christ, Christ does, always does, the things that are pleasing to the Father. And that's where we are. And the Father is always pleased in His Son. Mm. And that is where we are. Yeah. I love it. This is incredible. But, you know, you um, you might say, well, what about is God pleased with me when I'm well in the middle of my sin? I'm blowing it. I'm messing up. And can God still be pleased with me right then? What do you think? He has to be. Mm. <laughs> of course he is. He, you know, it's not, um, you, you know, hit or miss with God. It's, it's all or nothing. It's always all pleased, always pleased, always delighted. He's either always rejoicing over us with singing, Zephaniah 3.17. He's either always that way or, or, or it can't be grace. It's either right. all or nothing. It can't be sometimes, most of the time, uh, not many times. It, it's all or nothing. It's got to be an all or nothing deal. And the biggest struggle I had with this, 
And what I see in most of the church today is then we get, you know, it's like all the guilt and all the shame, uh, all the lies from the enemy. It's like, oh, uh, I'm not pleasing to him right now. What must I do then to then become pleasing to God? Okay, I'm a child of God, but I just messed up. I must not be pleasing to him at the moment. These are the lies from the devil. So now what I must do, that just brings us back into under the law, legalism, which actually ends up being a bad aroma. Mm. It ends up being the bad aroma, even though we're already the sweet aroma. When, you know, we're trusting Christ is our life. Christ is in us. Living out of who God says we are, when we're letting that life of Christ flow, then we're the pleasing aroma. When I believe the lies again, when I go back to, you know, when we get to that place of believing the lies of the guilt and the shame and the condemnation and punishment for things the New Testament says that we don't have in Christ, well, then the enemy would rather us go back to, well, my self-effort of trying to be pleasing and lovable to God. No, you're already pleasing and lovable. You're already in accepted. You're already in the beloved. Trust and in the why one who that, that is so true. Why do we, and what is the trigger that causes us to believe that we are not pleasing to God? Often it's my, when I mess up, when I choose to sin, or when maybe it's not an overt sin, maybe it's this sin of omission, I didn't do something that God wants me to do. Like I didn't read my Bible or I, I didn't go to church and therefore uh, I'm not pleasing to God. It's this idea of I've sinned. Well, well, let's think about that for a minute. What, what happened to all your sin? Well, I mean, Jesus put it on the cross was was one missing? <laughs> did, did he skip one? No. So if that if all of my sin is taken care of, what is God not pleased about? I mean, he gave me his righteousness. He placed me in Christ. He is pleasing and, uh, and pleased with me. I think... Um, some of the verses there, there's there's a couple like um, we have here um, in Colossians one ten. Someone might say, "Well, look at what Paul said." He said, "So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects." So you need to walk worthy and please Him. Um, okay, uh, I see that. Uh, I think as we read when we read that verse. Um, Paul is saying, look, you know, in, in, in verse, uh, uh, when, when we go back and look at, he's giving thanks in verse three, praying for these folks since, uh, he heard of their faith and their love that they have for all the saints, uh, because of the hope laid up in heaven, Colossians one, three and four and five and, um, he says that just as in all the world, also it's constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it's been uh, doing in you since the day you heard of it and you understood 
the mm. grace of God and truth. This love is pouring out, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved uh, fellow bond servant. And the, he's going on about this. And then he says again in verse 9, Colossians 1 9, for this reason, uh, since the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you and ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He's praying that, and he never ceased praying, that all of them would experience this. They would all come to know his will in spiritual uh, wisdom and understanding Mm -hmm. and that they would walk in a manner worthy. How can you walk in a manner worthy unless you're made worthy? And do you know this is not a command? This is saying when you know Christ and you've received the grace of Christ and you understand that, you will walk in a manner worthy. And that is pleasing to please him in every respect, bearing fruit in all of that. God's just going, yes, that's my son. That's my daughter. There they are. That's them. All because of Christ. So we kind of wrap around a little bit uh, in Colossians. um, um, Someone might say, well, what about 1 Thessalonians 4.1? Finally then, brethren, we request and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received from us instruction as to how you ought to walk and please God. He goes, see, you need to get some instruction on how to please God. Um, he says, there's this little parenthesis in there that says, well, just as you well, actually do walk, you're, you're already doing it. I'm telling you how to do more, how to do more of this walking in Christ and how to actually, what does that look like? What does pleasing God look like? We are pleasing to him right now. He's made mm-hmm. us new. But, you know, as we're growing, we don't always know what that looks like. What does it look like? Here's how it looks like. This mm-hmm. is how you express that, uh, that new identity. That's already pleasing. It's called love, walking in love. And we need to sometimes learn how to do that. We need to learn how to please him in our behavior with the fact of the pleasingness that he's already made. He's made you pleasing. Mm -hmm. We need instruction on what that looks like in our behavior. That's all this is. It's not to be more pleasing. It's to express that brand new righteousness that he's already pleased with in the world. That's what this is all talking about. Um, So yes, you are pleasing. You don't always know how to express that, but you are pleasing to God. You are fragrant aroma to God. You are in Christ and he is pleased with you. And that's why it's so important. The verse Kyle started with uh, going into Hebrews, and I'll read Hebrews 11, verse um, 
6. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. It starts with faith. When you accept Christ and receive his forgiveness in in life, you become pleasing. That That is the obedience of faith. It's receiving Christ and you're pleasing. Now, let's learn how to please him in our behavior. I think that sounds like a good uh, a good thing to do. And we don't always know how to do that. Kyle, what other final thoughts do you have on this incredibly important topic of that God is pleased with me? Anybody that is listening that might be struggling with this, uh, I encourage to read, read the Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3, Paul's two prayers there. And that's all Paul's praying about is I just ask God would open your eyes to the truth that sets you free, to the rich inheritance, not in the sinners, but in the saints. The people of God would really see who they are is then they can live out who they are. It's only going to come by the revelation, only by God himself through the spirit, Christ in you, revealing it to you. Uh, in those deep parts, um, in our inner man, um, and that being mm-hmm. the, the the whole place that is you, you oh, what is it? Uh, you know, everything that we do is well. That's all first based on what we choose to think and believe. You don't do anything without first believing it. So believe the truth that sets you free. Believe the truth of who you are in Christ, who God's made you, that you are pleasing. Uh, every act that you do. And this, this was wild for me when I first heard it, but every act that we do is a righteous act until I choose to sin. And there's no unknown sin. You don't sin. It's like, well, God, I, I confess all unknown sin. Well, no, 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 there's no unknown sin. And yet every <laughs> act that you're doing, my, my first act of righteousness that I did today was, uh, uh, you know, wake up and, uh, you know, sip some water. That was a righteous act. Because I'm in Christ. I am the right. We are the righteousness of God in him. So that was my first righteous act that I, act that I did when I woke up this morning. Drink some water. That was a righteous the, act. If we knew the radical transformation that has happened, um, that our new default is righteousness. Our new default mm. is 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 holiness and whether, like you said, drinking that first sip of water, I've got my cup of coffee. That's a wonderful righteous act. Um, praying <laughs> there's coffee in heaven. I doubt we'll need the caffeine. But you know, brush, brushing my teeth is a right. You are so righteous. You have to choose against your own righteous nature mm. to sin. And when you do, um, the cross has already got you covered. You are pleasing. Mm. Now, let's learn how to be pleasing. In fact, um the author of Hebrews in Hebrews 13, uh, verse 15 says, through him then, through Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. And do not neglect doing good and sharing. He's about to tell you what does pleasing look like? You are pleasing. Okay, well, how do I be pleased? How can I really show it? 
Here, he's going to tell you some more instruction. That's why I love the Bible. Read the Bible. It's really good because you learn how to do stuff that God's already, God's already made you righteous. He tells you mm-hmm. what righteous looks like. He's made you holy. Well, here's what holy looks like. We don't know sometimes. Uh, he's, uh, he's made you pleasing. Guess what? Here's what pleasing looks like. Verse 16 of Hebrews 13. And do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Wow. You know Mm. what? He is pleased with you, and he loves when you're really tapped into that brand new nature and are behaving pleasing. And the scripture gives you all kind of ways to instruct us on what it looks like. So go be the brand new righteous uh, you, that brand new righteous you that is pleasing to God. Yeah. And I'm excited. I hope uh, you are too, that you can just stand firm in the freedom where Christ has set you free. So whatever the Lord is speaking to you about, uh, as we always, or most of the time we say, uh, stop talking about it and thinking about it. I want you to ask God, what are your next steps so you can start walking? You've been listening to Walking Free, a production of Grace Ministries International in Marietta, Georgia. For more information, go to our website at gmint.org. That's G-M-I-N-T dot O-R-G.